there is a lot of misogyny and, and, and rape and incest and pedophilia written into the text. And I think that's one of the reasons that like, I'm still interested in studying and pushing forward this conversation is like, I want to point out that maybe the Bible is like a great book, but maybe it's descriptive and not prescriptive, right? Like maybe it's describing the culture at the time, but it wasn't necessarily a prescriptive mandate for the rest of history, you know? Hi, my name is Leo WT, and you have found your way to the Conversations Podcast. Conversations exist to create spiritually-minded conversations about life. We desire to create safe space for dialogue and community. We desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Everyone is welcome at the conversation. Friends, what is up? For those of you who are just joining us on Facebook and YouTube land, I am Leo Walters Tejera. This is a conversations mashup with two of my all-time favorite people in the world currently, and a third waiting in the wings. Um, for those of you, <laughs> Carly's our dedicated film person over here. <laughs> Carly's eating chicken nuggets and just watching the sass <laughs> unfold. Um, but I am here with Mama Jill Wallace, who is everybody's ally mom. I'm not going to lie. The first time I heard Mama Jill's voice, I actually had a little bit of a PTSD reaction. I started crying. I honestly like started crying and I laid my head on Elle's lap and I was like, I wish my mom said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though, because my mom did actually apologize to me and she was on my podcast on Mother's Day. So that pretty cool. But as you guys may have noticed, other friends, we have someone else here waiting. I hate the mirrored camera. We have someone waiting in the wings over there. And this is our friend Rocky Raggio from the up and coming blockbuster, record-breaking, groundbreaking, history-making documentary, 1946. You may, may notice that on our shirt there. So um, Rocky, mm -hmm. to explain to anybody who's been living under a rock or in a cave what this movie is about. <laughs> Sure. 1946, the mistranslation that shifted culture. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Like I, I, you, I adore both of you. So Leo, I know we've done some work together before and, and Mama Jill, I've been meaning to connect with you. I know we've been meaning to connect together for a while. So ma'am, when I got the email like yesterday, I was like, of course I'm available on Sunday. Uh, clear all oh, my, my whole schedule. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the mistranslation that shifted culture, we trace basically when and how the word homosexual appeared in the Bible in 1946, how it was a mistranslation. We look at that translation, then the 52 edition, and then we look at the 70s editions that all use that 52 edition as their root Bible. Meanwhile, between the 50s and the 70s, there were these exchange of letters and a mistake that was admitted by the translation committee that we found through these documents at Yale University. So we trace basically this mistranslation that the translation team admitted, no, we're not talking about people that are born that way. The difference is condemning a group of people versus an act. We are talking about people who use and abuse each other. And so these tangible documents are in our opinion, going to propel a larger conversation where we can really then break down, okay, well, what are these two Greek words that were conjoined to mean homosexual? Where do they come from? What's their history? And so as we look at the history of not only those two words and the word homosexual and a word like sodomite, catamite, effeminate, male prostitute, abusers and themselves with mankind, all of these different terms that have been used, sexual perverts, when and where and how they've been placed in society, what has been our understanding of 
the context of the culture, the use of these of the language, like when it was first introduced, what it first meant, and how it's evolved over time, and how it's played out in the culture. So all these things are very important. So that's kind of what the film is, a little bit of history, a little bit of language, a little bit of, you know, they basically, people have been calling it the, not my words, but um, our, our opposers have been calling it the um, documentary Da Vinci Code. Oh. As, we, as we travel to the basement of Yale University to pull out the archives to prove this, you know, and of course they're like, even if it is true, even if they did admit it, who cares, you know? And so they're ready to come, come at us. And we're, oh, yeah. we're happy to... People are always like, show in my in my TikTok this week. People are like, show me the documents, and I was like, do you just want to go to Yale because like they exist? And I don't think anybody's really ready for the IDB yet. I don't think so. What I think, what was exciting to me about bringing you guys both on, especially in the the venue of conversations, was that I think Rocky, like you said, this film is is a is a you know pushing us towards a conversation we need to have culturally. And what you're doing, Mama Jill, is bringing up a conversation we need to have culturally. And I just happen to have a program called Conversation. So once again, just here in the wings. But I think what you do a lot too is you start conversation from a different perspective. Like you're dealing, Rocky, you're doing this. You are, first of all, good on, I know you're gonna make a sexy ass film because I know you got those skills, but you're also gonna put that history in it that we need to bring into when we're like, you know, clapping back at people on social media. And you're like this aftercare maternal figure that's like, nobody off themselves, Jesus loves you. <laughs> But I think that I just really have this belief, Rocky, that just we don't ever bring up. And I think in the LGBTQ plus community, like it's okay to bring up. It really wasn't that long ago since these same people Mm -hmm. used the Bible to try to explain that slavery was okay. Yeah, 100%. And it took, it literally took, you know, Christian white people to stand up and say this is wrong yeah. for it to change. Yeah. And I think it's going to take Christian parents to stand up and say, this is not okay. Yeah. This this is something that we have, you know, we learn and we do better. Absolutely. And and that's a whole another part of the film that we look at this history and church history, where they've been wrong, where they've apologized, and who has been on the front lines of reform. And so whenever somebody says to me, can you really challenge 2000 years of church history? Are you really going to go up against 2000 years of sexual, you know, education in the church? Absolutely. when When you condemn a group of people versus an act, you protect the predator. Yes. And that's what we see in our society, in the priest scandal, in the Me Too movement, in pedophilia, which is mostly what these verses are talking about and condemning. Yeah, and then okay. there's obviously other things, but it's always abuse. It is. So we need to get honest with the text. So bring it. We're not afraid to combat 2,000 years of church history. Yeah, I get that question a lot too. Like someone was like, I don't believe in religion. It's all bullshit anyways. And then in one of my TikToks, I said, yes, I'm a Christian, regrettably. And people were like, well, why regrettably? To which I was like, have you met other Christians? Like, I don't know. They suck. You know what I mean? But I'm, I take... I don't know. I, I describe myself as spiritually non-binary, right? Because I see so much. I see so much that cannot be encapsulated in just one religion. But I also take my Christian cultural heritage seriously enough to challenge it, right? Because Christians have done bad shit, a lot of it, 
it, and I don't even I don't even want to be a Christian anymore. But like someone's got to someone's got to work on this sinking ship, right? And I hope we can do that. Well, and I think it goes beyond that. So, like as a parent, I have ten kids. Wow. Parent, I always tell people when they, she's so wholesome, she's so perfect. My kids are tired of my shit. <laughs> Like so all- don't laugh so hard, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I literally have two that are not speaking to me right now. Like with the move, just normal emotion stuff that they've gone through, things that I've done that offended them. Like I'm a normal human being. Mm-hmm. So I think going back to that whole, we do better, we learn more, we change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just look at parenting. My oldest is 28. If this woman went up against the mother who was a 19 year old kid, like I would have beat her ass. Like, you know, but I did the best I could at the time as a 19 year old with, right. a, with a baby. Right, right, right. So it's just that type of thing where like, I learn, I do better even now still. Mm-hmm. I think that spiritually we have to be okay. How come every other aspect we can say, well, they used to do it like that, but it was wrong. Right. And now we know better except when it comes to Christians in the Bible, then it's like, no, it was right. Right. <laughs> but, but then here's all these other areas you said were wrong. They were different. This is still right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. And people are ready for this kind of movement, this kind of work. You know, we had a bit of a, a kickstart with the work of some of people like Justin Lee and God and the Gay Christian, Matthew Vines. And that really put a little bit of a spark in the evangelical, uh, I guess, approach on on their now having to handle the LGBTQ issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's interesting how we see their doctrine change every single time they have to, what they consider is keeping up with the culture wars, you know, but they're the ones changing the language of sex education in a, in a way that actually harms people. And things like complementarianism, actually harms masculine men because men who are taught that they can't be feminine at all or that's a sin Mm -hmm. i mean it goes literally that extreme if you show any sign of feminism feminine femininity you know you're you're sinning and you're wrong these men are holding in so much of themselves that they're then expressing it poorly in the culture and we see this all the time they're abusing their women there's rape out in the culture, you know, they're expressing it and they're then, or abusing themselves with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Ironically, I think you see a lot of similar problems that you really see come up in the Hebrew Bible and in the New Testament, because I am not trying to be anti-Semitic in any way, but you, there, there is a lot of misogyny and, and, and rape and incest and pedophilia written into the text. And I think that's one of the reasons that like, I'm still interested in studying and pushing forward this conversation is like, I want to point out that maybe the Bible is like a great book, but maybe it's descriptive and not prescriptive, right? Like maybe it's describing the culture at the time, but it wasn't necessarily a prescriptive mandate for the rest of history, you know? I love that you mentioned that the other day, and this is why. If today you were to, and and people do this, but if you were to pack up, go to a a third world country, Mm -hmm. spend a year there, study underneath their, whoever it may be, whether mm-hmm. it's a religious person, a medicine man, mm-hmm. it wouldn't matter much, study under them. Mm-hmm. It makes sense 
for where they live. Like at some place they're like, you know, you need to give up all worldly goods right. and have no importance in order to reach God. Well, for them, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They're literally living in a hut mm -hmm. to then teach them that they should be aspiring for all the American things. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Go be American. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it makes sense for where they're at. Mm -hmm. But then if you took those teachings and tried to bring them back to the middle of Pennsylvania mm -hmm. or New York or wherever and say, I'm now going to live that way. Mm -hmm. It does not make sense in your environment. That's a great analogy. It doesn't it, like, it, it's not going to, it's not just not going to make sense. Exactly. You're not going to do the same things. Exactly. And so to me, when we are looking at biblical times, mm -hmm. and then we're looking at today, there's so many other things. Yeah. Yeah. The world has evolved and it has grown. And I think that that's a dope part. Like, I love how this is also synergistic because I keep just floating back and forth, but like Rocky, what you're doing and what, what, frankly, what you're using your profession to do, which is super dope. We need, okay. We need good queer media, <laughs> queer produced media. Oh my God. I need no more lesbians hitting on their students kind of things. Like I just need a well-made film. <laughs> Um, but I love what you're doing because you're pulling out, you're artistically pulling out these translation things and you're pointing them out in the different anachronistic nature of like, this is what it was like then, this is, this is what we understood in the 50s, this is what we understood in the 70s, this is what we understand now. And so I feel like what you're doing is just taking all of this really good, really real research and, and you're going to make it so palatable and accessible. And I think that's invaluable. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And the history and going through all of the, where we were during the time that the scriptures were written, mm -hmm. which was well over, you know, how many years you, you probably know how many years it was written hundreds of years, you know, yeah, thousands yeah, yeah. of years. Christ, if you're talking about the Torah, I mean, that's the oldest you got, you know what I mean? So to where we are now, you yeah. know, so, and that's what Kathy Boldock's work is basically, if anybody's familiar with Kathy's work. So she's one of the lead researchers in the film. And so she'll lay those historical foundations for us. And her work basically looks at how the LGBTQ community has been specifically discriminated against by the church throughout time. And so as she's looking at, to answer that question, what's going on in our understanding of the Bible, the scripts, like who wrote the Bible and their understanding of the time. And then, you know, what was going on in science, in the church, in the military, our understanding of human sexuality, psychology. She looks at all of these different things. So it's a really great, it's it's a lot of stuff to uh, edit, as you can imagine, to try to make oh, an out. It's got to be like editing hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in so many ways, it's like our, as we're evolving as human beings, it's one of the last things that we have to overcome. Yes. Yeah. That we have to say, you know, you need to be treated equally regardless of your religion mm -hmm. and and people have been through horrific things because of that mm -hmm. and then of course the color of your skin and now it's you know it's also this it's been interesting on TikTok, especially i'll have people reach out where they're just like i i said something when the a, a lot of the black lives matter stuff was up and ends mm -hmm. not that long ago i made a TikTok where i was like I do not understand what it's like to have a black son, mm -hmm. but I know what it's like to have a trans son. Mm -hmm. And I still worry every single time he leaves the house, who are you going to be with? Is it okay? Are they secretly transphobic mm -hmm. or homophobic? Is mm -hmm. he going to be killed? Mm -hmm. Is he going to be raped? Is it going to be like, so even though I couldn't understand 
what another mo mother is going through. I understand the fear of my kid every single time he walks out the door or I hang up the phone. I don't know if he's going to be alive because of the hate crime the next time I see him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just something that I, I just feel like we, there has to be a way to solve it. The interesting thing, when I talk to parents, the thing I get asked most by Christian mothers is if I support my child, am I going to go to hell? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that. Yeah. I definitely wanted to tell you that, Rocky, because that is the thing That's when it comes weighty. to nothing comes close to Christian mothers telling me that one thing. Mm -hmm. So, and it doesn't matter why they wanted to first start talking, like, how do I go in between with my ex-husband or how do I tell the school or mm -hmm. how did you do a name? It doesn't matter what it is. The one thing is the only thing that holds me back is I'm worried that if I love them unconditionally and then they stay gay, because, you know, we could just, that they stay gay, yeah. then when they're done, then I'm going to go to heaven and God's going to punish me because I didn't lead them to the right place. Mm -hmm. um, and my thing with that is, you know, I have, I have had two children that have been um, as teenagers in mental health inpatient care um it's hard enough to yeah. keep your kids alive yeah especially when you're dealing with gender dysphoria lgbtq or i have cisgender straight children that just depression and anxiety mm -hmm. like it's hard enough and so i just feel like when i'm kneeling at the feet of jesus i don't want to be like oh well don't worry i let them know that you hate them and everybody hates them and, <laughs> and they took themselves out so i saved all other nine kids mm -hmm. from for me, I'm five for five, so I guess I'd have to take out five. But you know what I mean? Like, it, just, it doesn't make any sense yeah. that that is somehow the better answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's another, that's so, so intersectional. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but that's so important about the work that you guys, that you guys are both doing collectively too, because I always think of it as a trans person and as a queer person. But in talking with my mom, which I did a couple episodes back on Conversations, I really was kind of struck by the weight that a, a, a Christian parent of a queer kid must feel, right? Because when you love your kid, of course you're not trying to like see them go through pain or furthermore, see them go to a, a you know eternal torment, which I, like, I don't happen to personally believe in. But um, I think that the, the film and your, your social media presence stand as much to benefit those parents as it does the queer children, which is something that I always forget about. And I'm reminded every time we talk. So I love that, uh, especially as a parent of a black trans man, you know, like we, Elle and I hit that, that marker all the time. You know what I mean? So I think that's gonna be really dope about the film, to be honest. And, and yeah, I, I, I hope we can keep putting it, it out there. Yeah, I think it will absolutely be great yeah. for the community because there, there are so many people who are hungry for that, mm -hmm. that do, there's always going to be, there's just like, there's always going to be racist in this world. I wish I could fix it. There's always going to be transphobic, homophobic Christian people mm -hmm. that uh, they're so closed off. You're never going to get to them. Yeah. But there are so many people who just I know it sounds silly, but like want somebody to, to rationalize and to reason and yeah. say it's okay for them to do what they've been trying to do, but they're torn. Yeah. Yeah. And I think whenever I talk to a child who tells me specifically, like, do you hate parents who are like this or whatever? I'm, I have, I have a ton of empathy for those parents because 
even though I think they're completely wrong mm -hmm. and what they're doing is horrific to their child, they're doing it because they are love their child so much mm -hmm. and they fully believe if I don't get this out of them, they're going to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I know, I know I always say like, I wouldn't have wanted to have to parent me because I knew I blew up my mom's theological world when I came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It took me five years to come out. So I got to give her five years at least to come around. But um, speaking of parents, Rocky, how has, how has your relationship with your dad been developing as this book's been going along? How, or as this process has been going along and, and, and how is his book? Are you guys, you know, are you guys chatting? Like what's, uh, what's the scoop there? Cause I know he's going to be in the documentary, right? He is. And we, we'll talk about that in a second, but really quickly about the parents and all of the, these things that we were just discussing, you know, we are hoping the tool does become a resource for people because a lot of this information isn't available. And even things like the Sodom and Gomorrah story, is, people are so confused on what that really means. Yes. yes. And it just boggles my mind, you know, like it's so simple. And so we're trying to break down some of these themes and we have experts on both sides that'll tell us what we think and hopefully what they think these verses mean. And we want people to walk away leaving with their own assumptions but at the end of the day the research that kathy and ed are going to be presenting it's undeniable yeah. uh you know and so we are working to present the themes with a finesse and an understanding that this then will lead people to a realization if they can get there that they're wrong that they've been wrong that their parents have been wrong their parents parents have been wrong their pastor's probably wrong you know, the same thing with slavery, like you mentioned, like, you know, it, it, we did a post on that recently about a man who used quotes from white preachers saying that, you know, that they didn't want integration in school. Uh, and all that he did was take out racial integration and put in the word gender identity, you know, or sexual orientation or whatever. And it's just, it's egregious anyway. So yeah, so we're hoping it becomes a tool for people to then be brave enough to dig deeper, learn a little bit more. Uh, and not be afraid to say, you know, I always felt that there was something wrong here. We need to look at this. So, so yeah, thank you for appreciating all of those themes about the movie. And that's what we do hope to hit. Yeah, I think it does. I, you did mention too, the tonality that you're taking of it. It's not a hostile tone. Correct. You're not trying to disprove religion. You're simply actually talking about what's happening in the biblical text and the, you know, the, the blatant and admitted translation error. Absolutely. There are some that are mistake and, and some that are 100% malice, you know, and so, yeah, again, that doesn't pull away from the gospel theme. It doesn't pull away from a Jesus message. It doesn't pull away from the mystery of the text. Mm. But for the majority of translation history, it was white men sitting in a room making decisions that impacted all of our lives. So... You know, it's just big steps. Hopefully our film and the tone will help us get there. Yeah, so. I think the tone was a smart move. Um, as someone who grew up being an angry lesbian before I even knew I was a lesbian, apparently everyone else knew I was in a glass closet. Um, you can only, <laughs> Carly's feeling a vibe over here, right? Uh, everyone knew, everyone knew I was a lesbian before I did. But you know, sometimes when I would speak up, I would just get that, oh, you're just an angry lesbian. And I was like, well, first of all, you're missing on a lot of faces, but um, I'm not just angry. There's a real scholarly point here. And the issue at hand is that people are fucking dying from yeah. this translation error and agenda. People are dying. That That is not 
I'm not just an angry person for my own sake. I'm actually kind of like a giant puppy dog. You can ask my wife, but, but this, this needs to be talked about. And if I talk about it, don't come at me. Like I'm angry. Don't put that angry lesbian or like, like, like people will do with, with black women. You're, you're just an angry black woman. No, thank you. Don't discredit me. I have something to say. Um, I want to take that stance, but you guys are, you guys with the film, you took a step back and you're like, okay, let's just prove them wrong. <laughs> Yep, 100%. All right, so dad. So my dad, for those of you who don't know, is in the documentary. He's a non-denominational minister. Uh, he found me out when I was young because he suspected I was lesbian, which I was. I wasn't I wasn't really good at hiding it. I was like, oh, I'm going out with my gay friends for the weekend, or, you know, they show up with those stickers on their, their car, <laughs> go out, you know, dancing, whatever. Uh, and so he's very side X which means he believes that you need to repent and God can save you and change you and nothing is impossible. And being gay is a choice and being trans is a choice, you know? Um, and so he then wrote me a 10 page letter on why he believes I was going to hell. He used the clobber passages. He used a whole bunch of other fun passages. And that's just what you were saying. Like for people who respond that way, I have a lot of empathy now. I didn't then, but I believe that he's a victim of bad theology as many parents are and people who really feel that they're doing what they're scared. They're scared not to do anything else or they're told this is what they have to do. Yep. Uh, and so it's been 20 years of a struggle. And when I first learned of Kathy's work, my parents were coming into town the same weekend she was doing a conference. So that's when we started filming. I threw my parents in the room and started filming. I love it. But that's when I really learned of the RSV mistranslation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so my dad was in the room the same day I heard about it. And I, we took a split. I'm like, I have to make this movie and tell the world. And he's like, oh my goodness, I have to write a book on why I believe homosexuality is a sin because now it's like, and it's, it's, you know, we love each other and we're doing the best we can to have a relationship, mm -hmm. but it still is a, he needs to make sure he gets a handle on his mark on what he believes as I'm building this platform to say, no, dad, you're wrong. Yeah, and you know what's interesting with the RSV is that for so many seminaries and stuff, the RSV is like the standard version that we teach from. And so I think that really amplifies the, the magnitude of the translation error, right? Because the RSV and the NRSV are considered to be the most scholarly um, accurate versions of the Bible. And that's where homosexual is coming in. And so you see, people someone today on my TikTok was like oh it doesn't matter all the versions are the same and they they tried to say that the message version was a translation which is not it's a paraphrase like i i'll go there all day right. i got the message version sitting on my desk writing back to them but um i love i love i think the only reason i'm going to seminary is to clap back to be honest but um <laughs> so someone was like oh big deal if you change the words it's still the same message bitch it's not the same message <laughs> like you just put the the the, the anti-lgbtq agenda in the book that is being taught to future to seminarians and future pastors that is has a massive influence it's not just semantics that is a theological shift and you got to reconcile that you can't you got to reconcile that like well not we don't still think the earth is flat except for a special subsect of the population right when we learned more we changed our books right like why is the Bible exempt from that level of um, scrutiny, right? Why? Well, I think a lot of that comes back to because generational beliefs, mm -hmm. your grandparents taught your parents, and that's why right. people who are racist think that way for a long time. Even the simplest things, we had two things 
Sean and I did come up raising kids. Mm -hmm. One thing that my parents had told me and his parents had told him was turn your light on next to your bed if you're going to read your book. Don't strain your eyes. And the second thing that we had been taught was don't crack your knuckles. You're either going to cause arthritis right. earlier or cause joint issues. Right. Both of which I've had multiple pediatricians tell my kids, well, for them, it's an eye doctor. I've had two tell my kids, read in the dark all you want. You're just exercising your eyes. <laughs> and the other one, um, my daughter cracks everything. And her pediatrician was like, not doing any damage. Because my husband's like, can you please talk to her? She's like, crack them all you want. Like, <laughs> That's <laughs> not what I'm paying you for. But it's just one of those things that we had zero knowledge. Mm -hmm. We never even looked it up online in a medical journal. We didn't care. Right. Our parents told us what to do. And so that's how we parented. Right, 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 right. And right. so to get rid of that, you do have to first say, oh, yep. this is wrong. This is wrong. I was wrong. Yep. Mom was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Grandma was wrong. Yeah. You know, you bring up a really good point with the generational stuff. And I, I, I just adore you. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sad that Mama Jill is leaving. Like, you don't even understand how sad I am. I was like, oh my God, only ends up in coming. And then she's moving and I was like, fuck me. Um, <laughs> but there is, there is a certain experience. Like for me, I actually just interviewed some LGBTQ Amish people on conversations last week. And it was an amazing conversation. Um, but I really was vibing with, with them over this idea of shunning because in the Amish faith, you just are not LGBTQ. And if you leave the Amish faith, the thing about it is you don't just leave, they shun you. So they're like, you're gonna leave? Well, we're gonna shun you. <laughs> um, and I really resonated with that because of my coming out experience because my family is very generationally Christian. I mean, super generationally Christian and also super white. Like they are, my family has layers on layers of this. And for me to come out, I had to disavow my entire identity it wasn't just my family. It wasn't just my friends. It was my sense of vocation. It was my educational future. And it was my personal sense of what I, what I felt like I was supposed to do and be in the world. And one of the things I'm really excited for for this film is to let people who were Christians know you don't have to give up your culture. Because ultimately, at the base of it, evangelicalism isn't a denomination. It's a culture. And evangelicals are by and large, the most uh, loud and staunch anti-LGBTQ voices. And so for me, I don't even have an ethnic makeup. I don't know what I am. My family, my mom was like, you're white. And I'm like, mom, white's a crayon. White's not like, you can't go back to the land of white. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so my biggest cultural touch point was church. And every resource that comes out, I have grown a lot. My theology has changed. I am a whole damn different gender than when I started this religious journey. But in some respects, your film is giving me back my culture. Regardless of how I've evolved as a person, I will still always have the, that in the seat of my being. And I think it's really important to tell religious LGBTQ people, you don't have to choose, right? Because for people, right. like, you can't be gay and Christian. And I'm like, watch me. You know, that was one of my last TikToks. I was like, watch me be gay and Christian. Like, I, I, you can you can figure out what you want to do with it. You can be mad. You can rail against me. But you can't say I'm not here because I'm fucking here and fucking queer. <laughs> and I think that you have, you, you both 
or in, in your respective works and in our collaborative works, you know, we're giving people their culture back. And I think that's really important and anchoring, right? That's like deep. Yeah, I've had people definitely reach out to me and say, I picked up my Bible again. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm praying again. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this or that. And so, and it's one of the reasons people come on all the time and they're like, well, I'm atheist or I'm Jewish or I'm Muslim or do you accept me? Or, I'm like, I don't know what part of I'm not here to judge anybody. Nobody's getting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, you're welcome and you're accepted here. And so I just think that having that connection again for some people, mm -hmm. because if you're Christian, like it's in you to your core and mm -hmm. I wasn't raised with it. I gave my life to Jesus at 17 on my own accord. Mm -hmm. My mom's the biggest hippie I've ever met in my life. So but for me, every time I need center, for me, mm -hmm. that's God. Mm -hmm. And to tell me that I can't have it because of skin color or how I'm praying mm -hmm. or where I live yeah. or who I love. Or if I'm saying Allah or God, like there's so many facets. Absolutely. Yeah. And just the same as, you know, and it just comes down to all this thing where I'm also in the beginning when I first started, I was like, oh, how much do I need to be filtered? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, fuck this. I drink, I have tattoos, I will cuss you under the table. Like that's who <laughs> I am. And I promise you that that's, despite how everybody shows up in church, they all have a version of that at home. Mm -hmm. If it's not you cuss and you drink, then maybe you're punching hole through, holes through walls, mm -hmm. or maybe you're looking at pornography, or yeah, maybe you're dating we're your secretary. Human, right? or it, None of us are perfect. Mm -hmm. And even if we were, I love that comedian who was like, Jesus was perfect and they killed him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are y'all trying to be perfect? Yeah. And right. And people get mad at me because I'm okay with my hot messness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not a Karen. Yeah. I, and I joke with that because my older sister's named Karen and she got married and went to a house and had two boys and is still there and takes her vacation every year. Yeah. And she just does the things because she always dots the I's and crosses the T's. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's even told me before, she's like, of course you're not upset. You're just the fun gypsy aunt that floats in and everybody loves. Like, I love that. That's literally that. your whole, that's your whole brand yeah. now too, is, which is so funny. I, like, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I think that it's important for people to just be able to say that. Like we don't have to try to, I have the best girlfriend. I only have a handful of girlfriends, but I have the best ones because I'm not like, oh, I wanna, I hope I hang out with them. No, I'm looking at the lady in sweats, telling your kids to get the fuck off the screens because they gotta go home. And I walk up and I'm like, I need a best friend. You can like come over and feed my kids top ramen together. Like, I need that in my life. Yeah. So. Uh that more people need to be real yeah absolutely and that all of the layers of reasons that people feel that they can't have religion yeah i think that's another thing that opening up this conversation does sociologically um i'm super nerdy and i'm like not even apologetic so i'm gonna drop some scrabble words but i think that a big thing that this film and your work like not even trying to force any connection here but i think something that you guys are both doing 
culturally is creating cultural safe space. Now, no space can be 100% safe because that is the world. You know what I mean? But but we're creating safe space and to borrow from Nadia Bowles-Weber, who's like a super dope ass uh, Lutheran, well, minister was minister, now she's a writer, I love her. But she uh, she used to talk about how she's just, she's just not perfect, she's just real. And what her realness brings to the world is not necessarily safe space, but brave space. And what you're doing with your work is uh, I like to use mosh pit terminology because I was in a metal band when I was younger. I was actually in a Christian metal band uh, as I'm wearing a Christian metal band shirt right here. Go thrice. I was wondering what that was. They I was thrice trying to figure out what, was, what that was. Yeah, thrice took so much heat and it says like building a better bridge together on the back. Um, and so many people went off on them when they made this, but they took the hits. But in mosh, in mosh pit analogy, you know, early 2000s metal kid, uh, when you're at a when you're at a concert, uh, the band will yell this thing from the stage. They'll yell, "Open up the pit!" And then everybody in the middle pushes out and just clears this space in the middle of the floor. And that is the safe space for you to wall out, for you to mosh, for you to dance, for you to do whatever you need to do to be fully actualized in that moment. And I love that both what you guys are doing is you're saying, "Open up the pit!" Like, open up the safe space, create this space for people because. I don't really care what you've been told. It was probably fucked up and Jesus loves you anyways. You know what I'm saying? You're opening up the pit, I think, culturally speaking. Get out of the institution. Exactly, yes, just- This isn't challenging like, you know, the Bible, as much as there are mistranslations, it's not challenging the word of God or your relationship with God. This is about the institution, Oh, you know? Exactly, because it's not about where, you're not saying fuck the Bible, hail Satan. Like what, that's, that's not what you're saying. That's an that's an imaginary narrative that people have it in their brains when they think about people like us. All we're saying is you can believe this if you want. <laughs> you can have this space if you want, you know? Well, I think it's interesting. My comment section is always full of two people when I do something religious, not a Christian, and this is the only type of Christian I believe in. Yes. Yes, yes. And so, and it's both mm -hmm. that come in, but my comments, my live streams, a lot of my stuff, they have become such safe spaces mm -hmm. because just kind of now, I don't, I can't even say how it started from just being like me, probably from somebody saying, can you adopt me mm -hmm. to being Mama Joe Wallace family. Mm -hmm. And so they will, it's impossible for me to be in my comments. Mm -hmm but they go after whoever's in the comments. I love that in your comments. And, and one of the things that I'll do is if it gets too bad, mm -hmm. and I- I'm You'll like, be the mama. Well, I just go in and I go to their first comment and I just delete it because then it deletes, I don't care. All of them, yeah. Like, okay, goodbye. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the same way as when like the kids are fighting over a toy and I take it and put it on top of the fridge. Like, <laughs> We're not gonna do that here. No, so, honey, no, no, no. Um, and I have a lot of words blocked on my page that mm -hmm. can't be used. Mm -hmm. And I, and I have. Oh, um, thank you for that little juicy tidbit <laughs> of knowledge. Cause I blocked hermaphrodite blasphemy and heretic right away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just knowing, and I always tell envy and trans kids, use your filter. Mm -hmm. If you're FTM block female girl, mm -hmm all of the your dead name mm -hmm. block all of that stuff so that they can't mm -hmm. i actually got tired you're gonna think this is funny i got fed up with kids come first first early i'm like it, it makes me 
it, this is a mom thing. It pisses me off. I don't have a lot of time. I was just at the house with your siblings and I popped in here to hang out with you guys. And I've got to go through five of you yelling first, first, early before I can actually get to a question that I need to answer. So I blocked the words first and early. <laughs> and then because kids are shits, I had to also block second, third, fourth. <laughs> but you have to do it. You have to do yeah, it. Yeah, but I do try to create as much of a safe space as possible. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I've told them, like I just have this, cause I have Patreons that I talk to all the time and my mods and they've all formed all these little friendship bubbles mm -hmm. on their own. And so sometimes people, there is, you know, there are TikTokers out there that just their whole thing is just trashing me. Mm -hmm. um, and, every, and every part of thing, it doesn't matter if it's saying I'm not a Christian or saying I'm not an ally right. or I'm, I'm, I love the ones who are like, she's using your kids for money. I'm like, I literally have a pair of headphones holding up my shower curtain. I promise you <laughs> that is not what's happening here. Can you please <laughs> explain? I know you're saying something really fucking meaningful, but how, how? That's the next TikTok. How in the pencil <laughs> fucking shit did you hang up a shower curtain with a pair of headphones? It wasn't me. So, <laughs> when I rented my house, um, we had this old clawfoot tub that's probably been in the house since 1905. Right, right. And then it's supposed to have one of those, the metal pole comes up where mm -hmm. the shower head is, and then it's supposed to hang in a circle. Uh -huh. Well, the metal pole comes up, and then you have red and checkered duct tape holding the rest of it together. <laughs> And then you have the shower curtain round, and then it has a pole that's supposed to go up to the ceiling. But at some point in history, that pole broke. Oh, no. And so they took a headphones and wrapped it around the screw and then tied it to a ribbon and tied the ribbon to the thing. That's my like TikTok video later. It didn't happen. You're tagging both of us because we got to see this with our own eyes. <laughs> so, but it's they'll attack me. And I've got to the point that I'm like, don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah, just don't, I, don't tell me. If, I literally go out of my way. I'm never that person. I'm not the poke of the bear person. I'm not on conservative TikTok. I'm, and I think it's so important that we all know our lanes when it comes to that. Yeah. Like I talked to you about that before. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. If someone's like, I want to discuss all this theological stuff. I'm like, great, this is Leo. <laughs> me i'm leo because that's not like i'm unconditional love and mm -hmm. i want to fix you a chicken dinner and snuggle and that's me i'm not trying to make a movie yeah i'm not trying to go pick it at a church like mm -hmm. that's not who i am mm -hmm. and i think that it's that's part of like the beauty of life is that we all do our own things yeah. and just do those great and it's okay yeah absolutely what do you, I'm curious now, cause I've, I've been in Mama Jill's comments before. What sort of feedback are you getting on social media, Rocky? Like, are you getting those two camps of like, oh, yeah. and then burn in hell or like, oh, yeah. how's that going for you? Well, you know, it hasn't been so many of the extreme, like oh. you're going to burn in hell. There's been a couple, like I saw maybe one that came through like death to all LGBTQ or something. And I really right. feel the love of Christ radiating. It's like, come on people. Right. And I wish now it was, that was early on. I reported it because I didn't know about that feature, you know, whatever. Um, but mostly it's people just quoting obvious Bible verses. It's interesting how they think that we don't know. Like, oh, I've never read Leviticus 18. Oh, God. Like, you know, like, we're, you know, or, or, or it, 
you know, we, I can debunk this movie in five minutes. And then the people, I usually just ignore it. Yeah. But this morning I woke up and this one person just kept going on and on and on and on and on and on. And I wrote to them and I said, we're literally talking with the lead theologians in the world yeah. about our project. And you think that you, capital, you know, <laughs> are going to debunk this movie? Like, yeah. come on, you know? And then, he, and then he used like a example. He was like, I'm better than you. And he used T-H-E-N. And it's like, <laughs> oh, like, so I just write then, you know, the right then. And just, and I usually don't go there, but when you're so egregious and aggressive yeah, yeah. And, and you're not even willing to listen, I usually ignore it. But this morning I did play a little bit with this person. Oh God, I'm not going to lie to you. I usually ignore the haters. Well, I have a strategy right now. And so I hope the haters are watching because the strategy is keep boosting my algorithm fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to respond to you until I'm big enough to just be done with yeah. you. I keep yeah. Well, I try to keep my defenses up because as a person, my view in life is genuinely that healthy people attack problems and unhealthy people attack people. That caveat being said, yesterday I typed a comment and I was like, shut the fuck up, you idiot. And then I posted it and I was like, delete, 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 that is out of character. Well, I just said had a minute, but I think it's really important also for people who are on, you know, this, this side of the work, right, is that you make sure to take your self-care moments too. Because like you said, you, you cannot... It, you're at some point you're a human right yeah. and people will take shots at you and you can't and you can't engage with the trolls on your feet every day but you know there are some days you just got to get extra spicy with them but yeah, you know, i don't get that spicy and especially <laughs> especially if it's somebody on on somebody else's page where they right. then can stitch it right. or, or or whatever they do make it oh, yeah, yeah. whatever whatever the kids um, but i usually just curse privately in my home or you know my cat hears it a lot so yes my support team that is what I do with my support team also known as my family and I'm like oh my god L blah 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 and she's like I love you it's okay but then now she'll get on my feed and really come out because let me tell you if you've ever had a Latina in your corner you'll never lose <laughs> I, I um sometimes people will put a comment and it just, it makes me so mad. And then I'll film this like raging clap back TikTok and then he'll go, you know, you can't post it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, stop being unconscious. Why did I bring you here? He's like, I mean, you can, but it's going to get taken down and right. then your page is going to lag because you've had videos done. Exactly. <laughs> but was I good? <laughs> right. Did I make the point? Because that's all I need right now. <laughs> I'm so mad. But that's so funny. What's up? Is there anything you've really like learned about about like either the biblical interpretation or the world as it views the Bible as you've made this film? Because I'm sure we've all had lots of revelations in our own circles. Uh, once you start speaking up, you start to see things differently. Has there been anything that's like changed your perspective, like on how important this movie is, or is it kind of fulfilling what you thought this movie would be? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that it's been rewarding to see all of the things that I kind of had a feeling that the doctrine I was being presented, there was something wrong. There was always something off. Like I didn't really know that I was gay until later, but I do remember at the age of two, the deacon pulling my mother aside and saying, oh, you're going to have trouble with this one because I was asking questions and not taking, you know what I mean? And how dare, so you like, how dare I ask questions when I'm like, wait a minute, we're just supposed to believe that this happened. You know what I mean? Big um, boat, world flood. The lions didn't eat anybody on the ark. 
totally. If I were born a boy, I sh I'm sure I would have been viewed differently. I would have been looked at as a leader yeah. and not a troublemaker, a woman that needs to keep her mouth shut and go back into the nursery, you know? Sure, would it? Yeah. Oh my God. It's such a different expectation when you're born a girl. Because it's just like the, the the image of the angry lesbian or the angry black woman. The second you exercise your voice as a female, you're just angry. You're not yeah. smart. You're exactly. lady brain process the range of emotions, right? Because it's a lady brain. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. And so and these themes are very common throughout history. And again, it is important to look at our understanding of science because, you know, even our understanding of human sexuality affected how we thought men and women thought. Yep. Women didn't were inferior thinkers. Not only were they inferior in many other ways, according to the men who did the studies, but it had to do with the blood coming through and, and getting to their brain. And that's why men had erections. It's this whole, we don't need oh, to get there. So they're smarter and women are cold and they're, they don't get, the, they don't get the, the blood that they need to rush to their brains. And that's why they're not intellectually smart. Like this is really what people thought. Yeah, no, it is. So those cultural themes about why, you know, men and women, whatever, that's a little bit kind of in the movie. That's a lot of Kathy and Ed's work. That's a whole other rabbit hole. We don't need to go down right now. So but what I'm saying is I hear a 1947 in the movie. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but it's been cool to get, a, you know, to be affirmed in those. I'm not crazy. Oh. I, I'm, I'm glad that I always was, I don't even know where it came from for me to have the, the, you know, the guts to say, no, this isn't right. Yeah. And I'm so because I've always had that, now I'm learning the theology to back it up. Yeah. I really hope that that's like breeding for you because like, uh, you know, from how, how we've chatted before, I know there's, there's some real similarities in, in our, um, you know, positionality as, as uh, pastor's daughters, right? Like you and I both understand the pastor's daughter experience very well. And I hope that there's some like uh, confirmation for you of that, like, holiness that was already in you because i think i think questioning your faith is the, the goddamn most holiest thing you could do you know what i'm saying and i hope that there's some like healing and retribution for you because that's a powerful thing the fact that it too you were like hold the phone patriarchy and then you just stuck with it and you know i know you took your shots for that you have to because i've taken my shots but i hope there's some healing that comes for you in the, that film too you know uh, by way of just you were right, man. You were right a long time ago. And in case no one told you, Rocky, you were right, right? And you're about Thank to change the world with this movie. So I think that that's in and of itself like somewhat of a divinely orchestrated miracle. You know what I'm saying? The reward will be getting to the finish line. Now it's time to finish the movie. So <laughs> what's, what's the rest of the movie look like? Like what, where are you at in production, uh, music, all, all that? Yeah, so we finished filming most of the movie. We have a couple more pickups we need to do. It's not a lot. We're going to have a full assembly next week. We're talking with an animator and an illustrator to put together all the graphics and the animation that we want. Um, and Mary Lambert is composing the original music. Well, right now we're still working to fundraise to pay for those line items, to pay yeah. for the original music, to pay for the animation, the illustrator, to pay for um, some other editing aspects that we need. So that's why in June we're launching a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising campaign where we're looking for 10 teams of hopefully up to 10. So we're looking for a hundred people to join and say, hey, I would give 25 bucks. And I bet I know f enough in my community where I can raise $500. Let's set the bar high. I know 700. I know. So well, there are prizes where if you raise up to $5,000, your name will automatically go into a hat 
where you'll, you can win a trip to come film with us. And we think that trip's going to be at Yale University. We're working on that being the actual trip. You come out, you hang with the filmmakers, you get to see us in action. I'll uh, see you later. That's <laughs> all expenses paid trip. And then there are some other cool prizes, like a jean jacket, a 1946 jean jacket. That is dope. Yeah, it's but, super dope. So, like, you know, we make it easy and we make it fun. And then there are teams, you can meet community. So if you believe in the project and you give 25 and you think you can find 500, you'll want to join a team. If not, there are other ways. Really, the easiest way to help support the movie is just share. Interact with the page, share repost, duet, stitch, get as many people to find and follow us because we're going to be advertising this over the next especially week. Yeah. And we'll find hopefully the hundred people to join the teams. If we get more, great. If we don't get, if we get 10, great. We're going to fundraise anyway, you know, and we're going to raise as much as we can to continue to move forward. And if we don't hit our, our goal, we want to finish by the end of, we need to finish the edit by, well, let's see, mid-August at the latest. Mm -hmm because we have to give Mary Lambert four weeks to do the original score. So uh, and I, I think the first way I actually heard about the film was I follow Mary. Uh, as we all know, she has composed what may perhaps be the most gay hymn that I've ever heard in She Keeps Me Warm. I was listening to it on, I have a big speaker right over here. You can't see it, but I have a big speaker. And I was listening to that song on like full blast. Uh, and we actually, that's what my mom walked, my mom, that's what my wife walked down the aisle to was she keeps me warm. Uh, because when we met, um, you know, like I was a female when we met, we started dating as lesbians. Um, and Alice is just, she's a really big lesbian. But uh, I was so pumped to see that Mary was involved. And that's how I saw, uh, that's how I originally came in contact with the film. And I've just been like, oh, I almost wish I would have found out you guys, about you guys a little bit later because I have been waiting for this for so fucking long right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited to see that she's on board. So I think that's going to help too. You know what I mean? You can't, when you're bringing in big hitters like Mama Joe Wallace and Mary Lambert, you know. Yeah, I'm so excited. Let's do it. <laughs> we are going to have a competition too soon where we can get um, everyone a chance to be in the movie. Oh. So the next competition we're going to have after the fundraiser in July, I'm going to launch where people can submit their testimony whether how they've either been hurt by the church or something that excites them about a reformation, what books inspired them, but more specifically, if they've been influenced by Kathy Boldock, the work of Ed Oxford, the work of 1946, the movie, the TikTok presence of progressive Christianity, like where we're going as this movement. Uh -huh. uh, and so I'll draft that up just like the other proposal with you know instructions and there'll be a, a release form but we'd love to get people to, you know, see as many people as possible, like maybe in the third act of montage scene yeah. of people just saying, you know, either again, how they've been hurt or how they find hope. We you know, know. Right? I know a couple, just a couple, a couple gays we could maybe help. Yeah, them. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. So if we can launch that in July, we would have, you know, a couple months to sift through all of the submissions and see what we can put together and show a beautiful, collection of our community at the end of the film Very cool. uh you know right exactly so people can feel that we can go somewhere with this yeah and i mean we exist in numbers i actually read an interesting study about rural people and uh rural rural lgbtq people in america um and I, i'll post the link in the, the show notes for this but uh there's between 2.8 and 3.9 million 
queer people in rural America right now. So I'm actually undertaking a research project um, for my studies where I'm interviewing uh, queer people and I'm talking, uh, rural queer people, and I'm talking to them about their understanding of orientation, their ecological location, so where they're at, and their sense of spirituality. And so um, I, it's really interesting to me to see uh, how many of us just are here and are queer and not just in the cities. And I think that that would be a really powerful thing definitely to add to that movie, just like, just how many different faces are up there. Like it, it is undeniable that this is a thing and that we are here and that we are valid. And moreover, we're asserting our validity and we're not depending on you guys anymore. <laughs> right. That's one of the big changes that's come with TikTok. Yeah. As people are coming out um, of quarantine, I just keep watching a TikToker will say, hey, this is where I live. Mm -hmm. And I saw a couple, um, it was a lesbian couple and they were like, everybody keeps saying, oh, I wish I could hang out with you and my friends. You know, we're gonna go to this pier at mm -hmm. the beach on this day. And there ended up being hundreds of queer people who just showed up yeah. with a cooler and a blanket. Yeah. And when they did the video, they were like, some people came, did not know one queer person in the whole wow. area. And, and this was in like an LA type area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, other people brought friend groups and relationships and so, so many awesome. things were made. And I'm starting to see other people do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's do a picnic in the park mm -hmm. or because of TikTok. Yeah. Now they're able to say, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. There are other people like me somewhere. Yeah, we exist. I love that. I love that ability that social media gives us to connect with people and to get information out, right? Because there's so much and we just used to be so cloistered and stuck, right? Like I was a rural queer in uh, Pennsylvania and I didn't even know it because I didn't have an exposure to other queer people, let alone a documentary to explain my validity. But now we can take this tool, right, of social media and we can use it as a tool. Like it can be awful, but it can be great. And that's what we've got to do is like turn the tide and use, you know, use our, our, our tech savvy, use our personality, use our what, you know, whatever it is and pull people together. Because I think ultimately, um, I guess now is as good a time as any to announce this, but I'm actually writing a book. Um, I about two, three chapters in and the idea, uh, the title is going to be Queering Church. And I think uh, what we're talking about right now here collectively is a lot of what I want to write about, which is the church was queer by, by definition. The church was queer when it was born because originally in Christianity, it wasn't, it wasn't monotheistic, it was henotheistic. Henotheistic means that you believe in a God, but you don't denounce or decry the existence of any others, right? So the church was queer by definition. And then it's been made unqueer by straight white landowning men in power, right? And we have a chance right now to stand up and to change that. And so in Queering Church, I wanna talk about how we can, we can re-queer the church and build that community and acceptance that we all need so much. And I think projects like just getting people together using social media, pulling out facts that are already there that should have been out a long time ago, things like that are really gonna allow us to, to, to queer church, to queer culture and to bring people together uh, and dissolve binaries. And I think that's like a beautiful thing. That's well, speaking of, we should we should work on a video together. Let's do it. I would a fun TikTok campaign. I don't know what we could do, but I could film on one end. Y'all could film on another end. I don't know. We'll have to do something. I like this. And then splice <laughs> it together. I don't know. Yeah. In case you're watching world, this is us getting ready to take you over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying who runs the world, girls. That's it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> 
Rocky, I have to thank you so much for your time and your energy yeah. um, and your willingness to meet Mama Jill. I have to thank you as well. I secretly was badgering both of you. And like, I, I know I, I never like to multi-text without a response, but I was like, this has to happen. Uh, and so we made it happen. But I have to thank Love you it. so much for your work uh, in general. I know a little queer like myself uh, is, my my childhood parts right I, I do a lot of counseling i'm working on my parts in counseling and my childhood parts greatly benefit from your maternal influence and your ability to just stand up and be like yeah i'm different and i was right all along and then make a movie about it as the ultimate flex um i have to thank both of you guys for your work and for coming on here i think that we're at a great turning point in history and i think with people like you folks that we're gonna we're gonna fall forward and not back you know well, I don't think I've ever had the word flex used in a sentence before when describing me. <laughs> you got to flex though right now. Oh, I got to do this time. You got to flex though. <laughs> yeah, I've got no muscles. Yeah. Prop, props to thrice on the shirt too. It just it fits Thanks. so nice. <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, what can you let people know? I want to give both of you guys an opportunity to drop your info real quick before we wrap up. So Rocky, why don't you go first? Can you let people know how they can find the film, how they can acquire merchandise and how they can get involved? Sure. So 1946themovie.com is our website. You'll get all the information there. If you do want to help us finish the movie, cause we need post-production funds right now. Uh, we have a GoFundMe up. We have a fiscal sponsor. There are they are able to accept charitable donations on our behalf. They're Women Make Movies, that's all up there. And if you wanna get your name on the film in a way of a sponsorship, whether you're a church or even like a co-supporting producer, there are different levels you can give. Um, other than that, at 1946, the movie across all social media platforms. We're most active on the TikTok, but we're, we're, all, we're all over. Uh, oh, God, I love you so much. We're most active on the TikTok. <laughs> 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 you, so you have a 1946 hoodie on. Can we pick those up? At the oh, website? yeah. All on the website, too. Okay. But we have links in our bio. There's a linked tree that okay. get, takes you to a whole bunch of stuff. But it says merch. Okay. And then there are instructions to take you to the Etsy page. Okay. There's a link tree on the TikTok for the Etsy. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm always, I always watch the Netflix or, you know, it's always the Instagram. I, I mean, listen, I'm the, I, you know, we both the age of the phones and the kitchen with a long, you know, straight get out of here. I love, oh my God. I love you more every time we talk. Uh, Mama Jill, how can people follow your journey, your move and your upcoming uh, new additions that you have on social media, right? Yes. So the easiest way is mamajillwallace.com. Um, and then you can easily find everything. I also am Mama Joe Wallace across all platforms. Um, I've just started the YouTube. We are moving from Pennsylvania to Arizona. So there will be just, I don't know, some different content where we're kind of documenting mm -hmm. this move, especially because Carly and I are going to get started. Mm -hmm. And so I am having to leave the three little kids that live with me, Jaden, who's FGM trans, Hagen, who's bisexual, and my little Moxie here with Sean and his mom. Oh, you blew it up. I was just gonna make a joke about you leaving, throwing some ramen in the house. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're gonna, and so it'll be a month to three months that I'm mm -hmm. separate from the kids. Wow. So, but it'll be- and well wishes is what I need for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a move that you feel is like, we're super excited yeah so we're going out first and then sean is bringing the kids out to follow he is um moving out there as well because okay. we both want to be in their lives absolutely all the time. very cool and um 
but yeah, that's the easiest way awesome. to check out the website or to just. I'm really excited for your YouTube. I can't wait. That sounds awesome. I'm excited. One more social media platform to piss off the haters. <laughs> well, Rocky, thank you so much. Your energy, your personality, your curls, your hair flip, it's all giving me life, my friends. Thank, thank you. you for what you do. Mama Jill Wallace, your eyelashes are on point. <laughs> You are one of my favorite people. I will never forget the first time you made me cry when I heard your first TikTok. Um, but thank you for doing what you do. Everybody who's watching, please go support these two fantastic creators. Uh, these are people who are doing real shit in the world. And the, the least that we can do is to help them out. The most we can do is to join them in whatever way possible. So thank you for watching Conversations. Please watch 1946. Please follow Mama Joe Wallace, and we will see you guys later. If I was Bailey Sarian, I would go, bye. <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>